She just wants to get in the mood. <laughs> oh, is, is that how you like to get in the mood? A little cough drop and some dandy warhols. That's what that is. <laughs> like, what is that smell? Yes, it's cough drops. Got a little Bell's palsy last time. <laughs> Nobody, nobody doesn't any freeze marinade like you. It's only partial paralysis. All right, welcome to the Daily Screening Podcast. My name, as always, is Daily. Uh, I am joined once again by my partner in crime, Bartholomew. Hola. Hello, Bart. And my dear sweet wife, Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Hello. Uh, and today, the roster calls for one Miss Veronica Mars. Uh, Veronica Mars is... She's a marshmallow. She is a marshmallow. Uh, as pretty much I feel like most of the English-speaking world is more or less aware at this point... Uh, was a uh, television show uh, back a few years back, uh, uh, right, at the turn, right at the turn of the century. This is a phrase I am determined to bring back into circulation, right at the turn of the century. Because it doesn't it's mean a hundred... Like 2004? It's still technically turn of the century. It's the I first, right. the first really... decade of the century. I think you You can now use the phrase turn of the century, and it doesn't mean a hundred years ago. It means ten years ago. And that's amazing. Yes, so Veronica Mars, or 2000, uh, 2004, that sounds, that sounds about right. Uh, what, is, what does the IMDb say? Yeah, 2004, there you go. Uh, so yes, from 2004, uh, ran for three seasons, had a very strong cult following. Uh, Jamie and I, you and I are both uh, very big fans, although I, you watched it as it aired, right? Yep. One of you a bigger fan than another. Well, I came to it, I admit, I came to it late. I, I discovered it all on DVD, um, but... Fell no less in love with it, uh, pretty or, much immediately. Or, or her. Well, that too. Uh, I'm gonna so, keep doing that. Th just thanks for that, sir. Hey, you know, that's what I'm here for. Oh, I just forgot keep, about that. Oh God, look what you did! Look what you. All look what I do is come here and cause marital strife. <laughs> Thank you, uh, sir. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, so, how for much it, you love so for the listening audience, the listening audience daily is. Beat red right now. No. So here's what happened. Like six years ago, I once made an offhand comment that I think Kristen Bell's pretty hot, and my wife, lovely person that she is, refused to let it go no, forever. I would like to point out as a joke, not as a like, I feel legitimately threatened about by Kristen Bell. It's because I'm always being like, oh, that actor, he's so hot. I love him, blah, blah, blah. So then I would always be like, you know, it's like you with Kristen Bell. Because it's, it's makes, the one person I ever me mentioned. feel less bad about myself See, for, for talking about how hot other people like, you know, Jason Doring are. Well, for, for the record, I've known Daily for, what, 15, 16 years now? Yeah. And in my head, the celebrity crushes in Kristen Bell, it's Kelly Ripa. I don't know why that is. I don't know why that is. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> Again, I think I said that one time. I don't know why these, these people stick. have stuck in these your head. Stick because you never talk about that shit. I, no, I don't. <laughs> Which is why when you do say it, it carries more weight. I guess. 
Apparently, and apparently I have a, a subconscious <laughs> thing for famous petite, tiny, perky tiny blonde girls. I have no I idea. I tiny blonde one. I know I like the wind. You used to be a tiny blonde one. I wasn't. When I met you, one. you were a tiny blonde one. There so, is, listen, there is so no I guess there way we go. where you're going right now is going to end well for you, so stop. That's, Wait, why? That know. was ending well for me. <laughs> no, for you. I, I would like to be favorably compared to Kristen Bell. Yes. Well, I vaguely resemble Kristen Bell, listening audience who can't see me. Put she, that she image does. in your mind. <laughs> she, she does, actually. I, I'm not going to fight it. I know, I'm know. i smart enough not to fight that. But yeah, so I, I came to the show very you know late uh, on DVD after it had gone off the air. Jamie, you watched it uh, as it aired. And Bart, you walked into this movie completely cold. Yes, I did. Um, and I left mostly cold. Ooh, okay, uh -oh. so this was going to be a thing. All right, so here's what I think. Number one. I thought it was weirdly apropos that this thing takes place in the context of a high school reunion because that's exactly what it felt like to me. It was a high school reunion where I was the kid that nobody wanted to know and I felt out in the cold. Hmm. Okay. That movie held no independent interest for me. I felt like it was one inside joke after another and it felt like it was a Joss Whedon knockoff to me. It was, it was like witty banter but not quite. Not quite witty enough? Not quite witty enough to bring in the outside person. And I appreciated that they tried to roll it all into a thing at the first, I don't know, 120 seconds? Yeah. About where everything oh, the is. Little prologue. A little prologue? Yeah, yeah, prologue. I appreciate they did that. I needed that. Without that, I would have been completely lost. Yeah. So there's that. Fine. Out of curiosity, just because you brought it up, mm -hmm. the... Uh, did you see Serenity before you saw Watch Firefly or vice nope, versa? No, no, I did it in order. Okay, I watched the because I'd be show. curious what that situation. That was that was the next. That was actually the next place I was going. Is like if I had not watched Firefly first and yeah. I tried to watch Serenity, I think it would have been very much the same experience. Hmm. See, I don't. I wondered about that just because I mean. I also had seen Firefly before I saw Serenity, so mm -hmm. I watched that in order. Yeah, but I totally understand because I remember thinking during this movie and I even said this to a friend of mine um, online on the way home that I I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much if I hadn't watched all of Veronica Mars um, I was trying to disassociate just enough to take myself out of it and to think like okay if I had no attachment to these characters would I just enjoy the mystery and enjoy the relationships between people and I honestly don't think it would be as emotionally resonant but Serenity, I feel, it does a much better job of standing on its own. I think Serenity is very solid as its own movie. And it's, I think yeah. it's interesting. It's an interesting uh, comparison, um, I think, between Firefly and Veronica Mars. Um, and like, like you said, it, the, that sort of snappy dialogue style, it's very similar. Mm -hmm. um, it feels like they, they share, uh, you know, share some DNA there. Yeah, um, but Whedon's better at it. Well, okay, but here's the other thing that I think is interesting in drawing that comparison specifically between the Veronica Mars movie and uh, and Serenity, which is uh, taking the different storytelling approaches. Um, Rob Thomas, who created, who is the Joss Whedon of Veronica Mars, yes. um, which is why there are jokes, there's a joke in the movie, there's a joke in the series at one point about Rob Thomas, Rob Thomas' solo stuff, uh, Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20 fame. Rob Thomas has sort of said, um, as since I was a Kickstarter backer, I got all of these various updates, mm -hmm. um, that he basically had two, uh, he had to take one of two approaches to this movie, uh, to the writing of this film. One, you know, Avenue A was, 
he had in mind this story of where he wanted Veronica to go and like these characters and sort of the next step of, you know, uh, a, a good story he wanted to tell with these characters. Avenue B was getting the gang back together, getting the band back together. Mm-hmm. Just like having a reason to bring all as many characters as possible back and have lots of callbacks and essentially make the movie that fans who have been without this world for so long really wanted to see. Um, and he said that specifically because of the sort of Kickstarter environment of mm-hmm. the fans literally gave money to make this movie happen, he sort of felt like that was the tack he had to take, which was sort of give give the people what they want. Right. As I, opposed, I appreciate that. I right. mean, I do. But interestingly enough, like Whedon actually went the exact opposite route. And that might be why Serenity works a little more as a story. Is Serenity is where what he wanted to do with Firefly. Um, if Firefly hadn't been canceled after one season, you know the events of Serenity would have taken place over the over course of the, the next show. like two or three seasons of that show. Right. Um, which is also, in fact, my biggest criticism of Serenity is that it feels like three seasons worth of TV crammed into ninety minutes. Yeah. Um, and I would have loved to see that story. You know, stretched out over sixty episodes of, of well, television. You, well, you and everybody else. Yeah. Um, what about what about the stuff that's, uh, you know, so like the Franco bit? That was fun. See that. See that. Because that's objectively that funny. That was right? objectively Spoilers. funny, and and it, we well, can spoil it. We always spoil everything. <laughs> yeah. That's all we do is spoil things. The only way, I, I mean, as far as those girls behind us. Uh, I was kind of gauging the movie, I'll admit, partly by listening to their gasps. Mm. Be like someone appears, or something that means speaks nothing to me, and I yeah. hear, <gasps> yeah, and I'm like, oh, well, this is something that apparently this is important. This is something that I don't recognize. This is a reference to something that happened in the show that I've never seen. Yeah, I figured super spoiler. The Celeste Kane moment was probably exactly like that for you. Yeah, like when you see she was the redheaded woman in the car who shot. Oh, you left. Oh. That was when you left. <laughs> He didn't walk out of the movie. Bart he was took looking a at me with break. confusion, and I realized it's because Bart took a bathroom break at the worst possible time. Actually, my timing in this whole movie was terrible because... So we had a few beers before this. I, well, I, I should, we, should we set the stage for what happened before this movie? We could only... So first of all, we could only get tickets, uh, like, way, way out. We couldn't get tickets in downtown Boston. We had to go way the hell up onto the North Shore, uh, where up near Salem, where Jamie and I used to live. Um, and... So it's about, a, it's about, normally it's about a half hour drive. It took us about an hour because it's rush hour. Uh, so we had literally 30 minutes to eat food uh, because none of us had eaten anything uh, before we went to see the movie. Um, and so we went into the Buffalo Wild Wings inside the mall where the theater was and sat down at the bar and pounded a couple of beers and got, ordered three of the apparently slowest to cook in the world appetizers you've ever seen because they all showed up with five minutes left to go before we had to walk out the door. And that was only after JB asked. Yeah, exactly. Where they fucking were. Thank you. So we pounded beers and fried foods <coughs> and then ran, literally ran down the hallways of the mall into the theater. Uh, so, so yes, some bathroom and breaks wanted, were necessary. Daily, I, by the way, daily running, still hilarious. But yes. I also wanted to point out that part of the reason we didn't feel it was that necessary, we thought, you know, we could eat our food and be super late and walk out in the middle, walk in in the middle of previews was because we snobby jerks that we are yep. thought, 
oh, we're not downtown. We're on the North Shore. We're in the boonies. Yeah, there aren't going to be that many Veronica Mars fans out here. It's not going to be packed. That theater, granted, it was a small theater, but it was filled to the brim. Yep. The only seats we could get were the very first row. That's true. So we did something I really don't like doing. I haven't done in quite some time, but yeah, we watched from the very first but row. I was like, geez, we underestimated the I North did that Shore. For Captain Phillips. Yeah, oh. <laughs> Jesus, vertigo much. Yeah. All right, well, Jamie, thoughts, feelings, feels? Give me all the feels. It's amazing. Keep <laughs> Logan forever. Okay, so that's very interesting. Okay, so, and we're going to... Logan fights Jets now, you guys. He's even better than he used to be. <laughs> okay, so we're going to have to... No, he doesn't fight Jets. I no. suppose he flies. Flies Jets. Maybe he does <laughs> Although fight Jets. Although fighting Jets would be a whole other Fighting movie. Jets would be <laughs> cooler. Logan Eccles punching out F-16s. I would watch that movie. Um, so we'll give Bart a little background as we gush about things, I guess. Um, so the Logan Piz, uh, triangle there, Piz was a character who was introduced very late in the show. He only showed up in the third season. The third season is when she goes to college. So Logan is this guy who she's known basically all her life and they start off as enemies. Like Prolog says, they start off as enemies and then they sort of fall for, they fall in love and, um, and they have this relationship, uh, and then it all kind of crumbles. Cross with drama. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then Piz is sort of the nice guy that she knows in college who sort of, they get together after things fall apart with her and Logan. Um, and fan, fandom is very, very sharply divided. And really, I won't even say they're sharply divided. Most of Veronica Mars' fandom has no love for Piz. And it's not because... He's a bad actor or a shitty character or anything. It's no, just he's a great they guy. love Crystal Logan. Is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, they just love Logan so much that they don't. Nobody wants to see Veronica with anyone but else. It's ever. one of those things that, and I feel like this is one thing that Twilight did badly. Is I feel like it wants you to really love everything. Wants you to love the bad boy, but it's like you. Edward was like so ridiculous in his you know controlling abusiveness that you can't really. You shouldn't, yeah, you, want, you shouldn't want him for the character regardless, but it's like, with characters like Logan, they're those kinds of characters that, like, you know in real life, you should probably avoid. And if Veronica Mars was a real person, and she was a friend of mine, I would also think she should date Piz. That's why you can tell, like, Wallace and Mac think she should date Piz. Yeah. Like, everyone thinks she should date Piz. Kristen Bell has said she should date Piz, you know? Like, everyone understands this, but in terms of fiction, you want her with Logan. Mm -hmm. It's just better. It's better to watch. It's better to enjoy. It's and their chemistry is their chemistry. Oh God, is yeah, like incredible. They're fantastic yeah. together. Um, and it's a lot easier to excuse away Logan's, you know, sociopathic tendencies. Well, when I he's well see, here's the thing: is I, oh, can even all fall. I know nothing of the sociopathic tendencies. I know he once arranged a bum fight. He paid bums to fight each other. Well, he was a very spoiled rich fuck. Well, yeah. that's 17 <laughs> different kinds of fucked up. But yeah. what I can tell you is the way that it played to the Veronica Mars virgin mm. is this character of Piz existed for one reason only, and that was to get out of the way for Logan. Yeah, he's... He, he was a non-character. Yeah. I know nothing they about this character. didn't use him well at yeah, all, he's which very is a shame. Because he's a great character, and he's funny. And it surprises me just because I remember hearing an interview with Rob Thomas early on and maybe things got cut, but he was saying he thought he had done a really good job of of honoring both characters yeah. and thinking that both people who support Logan and people who support Piz would come out of the movie happy. Mm -hmm. But I 
I don't know if he and I just have different interpretations or if things got cut or what, but yeah, I thought he was surprisingly under. I mean, yeah. if anything, it seemed like this character of Piz did absolutely nothing wrong and yeah. that he was just written off because it was what the fans wanted. And that's how it felt. Yeah. And, and I don't think that's wrong. And, and it made me be like... Yeah. Maybe he just meant because, you know, Piz gets to stand up for himself. It's not Veronica breaking Piz's heart. It's not Veronica <laughs> yeah. walking out on Piz. It's Piz being like, you know what? I really wish you put as much effort and focus into our relationship as you do into all these people in Neptune. And if you can't, then I'm sorry, but I'm gone. Yeah. You know? Well, and so it's like he gets to, well, do, he gets to, to go off and find someone to be, who will. To, to be fair, you know, his parents were there and everything. And I was like, well, that's fucking shitty girlfriend thing to do. Yeah. But she's trying to help a friend beat a murder rap. That's not the kind of thing you can walk away from and just be like, give me a couple days. I gotta fly back across the country and meet my boyfriend's parents. Like, um, I would hope you would get a pass when, you know, death rose well, on okay. the line. Well, okay, here's the question. Should she have gone at all? Yes. Why? Tell me why, objectively. Because she always, she you could tell. She believed from the beginning Logan hadn't done it. Doesn't, yeah, but. You're not gonna help your friend? Number one. Okay. Number. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. And you then, wouldn't fly across the country for me, Bartholomew. Not without my fucking bar license. <laughs> I mean, like, the whole idea is slightly ridiculous, and I'm saying this with my legal background in tow. Okay. <laughs> you don't. As someone who is not licensed, especially in that state, yeah. You don't fly across the fly across the country to consult your ex with his murder rap this is stupid <laughs> well she wasn't technically consulting him legally she was just helping him into like the the guys under which he invited her to california was please help me interview attorneys and tell me what i should be looking for and not looking for so that i don't hire the wrong attorney whatever it felt <laughs> it felt like fiction to me mm-hmm. and I, I it just it just seemed like a ridiculous thing to ask like, it, you just don't do that. Especially if you are extremely well off, as yeah. he apparently was, driving yeah. around his convertible M3 for absolutely no reason. His father is basically, like, imagine his father's like a fictional, was like a fictional Tom Cruise. Yeah. All the more so, reason why you'd have a, number one, you'd have an attorney already. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was no reason you'd call your non-licensed just slightly post JD. You say plus Logan. It the one thing that supports your case is I will tell you on the show. This is not Logan's first murder charge. Mm-hmm. Oh so, really? So Logan should have a good criminal defense attorney already. <sighs> on speed dial. Although, yeah, I'm that, trying to remember uh, now. Did he actually use a criminal defense attorney? No, I think he or, used I think Cliff. He used Cliff. Yeah. He used Cliff. He used Cliff. Didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Cliff. The one who was bailing Veronica out of jail, but she clearly knew more about the law than he did. Where she was like, you know, it's not breaking it. It's not a felony if it, there's not intent to commit a crime. And he was like, yeah, what she said. That's also not how felonies work. Felonies are just a function of the sentencing scheme in the state. Yeah. Can can I ask, what what happened to the show? Why was it? So it's one of those classic cases of... So that it said in the prologue, her best friend got murdered and she Mm -hmm. sort of confiscated. So that was the whole first season of the show. Which they said very, very quickly, much later. Did you catch who actually murdered her best friend? Because they said it really fast later. Mm. Logan's father. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. She was Logan's girlfriend and Veronica's best friend. And Logan's father was having an affair with her and killed her. (coughs) Well, that sucks. Yeah. So the whole first season was basically dedicated to that story. And then there were also these sort of (coughs) 
case of the case of the week things yeah, where classmates who needed yeah, her help. Little, I think my dad's having. It, it, I think it, my dad's having an affair. I think someone kidnapped my dog. There was an like a, an air of Nancy Drew about the whole thing. Yeah, but yes, it's a bit snarkier. But, yeah, well, the tone of the show was always noir. It was always like pi noir. Like okay, wait, hold on. So there is a very there's some let strong me ask, darkness let me there. ask you this. I'm just gonna do it now. Is the show or yeah. was the show markedly better than the movie to you, Daily? Well, I'm gonna ask you in a second, Jamie. Hold on. Uh, yeah, I mean, for the exact same reason that I think Firefly is better than Serenity, that they, 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 you get a little more time, these char- the characters get a little more depth, a little more room to breathe. I mean, Wallace is a great character, and he has Who's almost the, her black friend. best friend. He oh, has, like, guy. almost nothing to do in the movie, but he's got, he's great on the show. He's one of the best characters on that show. Okay. Um, they couldn't find much to do with him in season three either. Well, yeah. Once they left high school, poor Wallace and Matt got yeah, I know. left behind. Um, so I think, and, and again, I think that goes to like that thought process of wanting to bring back as many characters as they possibly can in this one 98 minute movie or whatever it is. Mm. So yeah, you don't get a lot, a lot of the characters don't really have a lot of room to grow. And that's actually one of the bigger problems I had with the Piz thing is that he's, there's so little, it should be a very, very, very big deal when he and Veronica break up and then she Gets you know jumps in with Logan. Except, except she didn't seem I to meant, care no, very here, much. I meant to ask you this, and I, I forgot. He says it very quickly when she's introducing when he's introducing her at NPR. Yeah, he makes it sound like it's a quick line, but he makes it sound like you know we dated in college, and then he makes it sound like they just, just recently started dating. I again. caught that too. So it's been nine years; they haven't been dating, and then I. I was hoping you'd go on to explain it more, but then yeah. she gets the phone call and she leaves. I was hoping he would say like, "Oh, we just ran into each other at a bar here in New York," but he makes it sound like they've only yeah, he's been got back that little, together for a couple months. That little line to Ira Glass, yeah. So clearly, he's very invested, and it he's very upset, yeah. especially and it certainly because she's leaving have, him for Logan right. the first time. And it certainly um, wouldn't have made we miss this. It, well, it also wouldn't have made sense that they'd been together for nine years and he, she'd never met his parents. Like, no, I know, but I'm saying well. so. I don't think we can fault Veronica for not feeling so distraught when Piz breaks up with her because they haven't been together that long. You know? That is is a fair point. But I feel like for the audience, it should be a bigger deal. Yes, Um, that's true. Certainly for anyone who's a fan of the show. I mean, obviously, like I said, the fans want Logan anyway, but it just, it felt like it was way too easy when, like, that he breaks up with her and it doesn't seem to have a lot of impact on her and then she basically immediately jumps in with Logan with really no like hesitation not even regret but just hesitation of like I was not with you a minute ago you know he just saved her father's life I would like to point out no no no, that's true I would think you could feel a little okay no absolutely emotions are high I can tell you that to me it felt obvious yeah well, yeah, no, it, it, at no point in my brain did I think she wasn't not going to get with Logan at some point. I was a little like, nervous only because of what I heard about Rob Thomas saying, you know, that he had tried to honor the Piz fans and the Logan fans. I was a little afraid he was going to try to play it where it could go either way. Like he yeah. was going to be vague or something like that as to who Veronica chose. Like the end of that season where she opens the door and says, oh, good, I was hoping it was you. Here's my first problem with this script was that the whole concept... And I knew, like, I knew this before. I mean, this is, again, not knowing anything about these characters. Yeah. Nothing. It felt to me that the whole premise of the movie was an excuse to get her back to the other guy. And I didn't even know his name at that point. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, 
Okay. You're not wrong. Um, but it's funny, though, because that makes me think of Whedon, because one of the things he tried to do on Buffy in the seventh season is, uh, you know, there were a lot of people who loved Spike, and there were a lot of people who hated Spike and yeah. loved Angel. So there is a scene in the very last season of Buffy where, you know, the world's probably about to end, so Buffy goes down to Spike in the basement, and she okay. spends the night in the basement with him, but they don't show anything. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even said he was like, I did it that way on purpose. If you like Spike, you can imagine that they slept together and told each other they loved each other and that they were going to be together forever. And if you hate Spike, you can imagine they did nothing. They just slept and took comfort in each other's presence, it's, you know? It's and it's just like, that's not... And I was afraid he was going to do that. I was like, no, I want her with Logan Definitively. So they shot this movie uh, very shortly after uh, Kristen Bell had given birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, part of it is she was playing at high school. I mean, she wasn't high school age at the time. When she was playing a high schooler, she's very tiny and cute and adorable well, we when she made that show. That. Yes, okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> but now, I mean, she's certainly, I mean, she's got some age to her. You know, yeah. She's got, just gave birth. She's like, she's not this so, tiny little thing. But it, it feels like that, like it really, uh, it really uh, informs the character. Well, I can, she I, seemed like yeah. much older, mature, more worldly. Like she seems like a grown up woman. Yeah, someone who's gone, well. gone around the ring or a little Jason bit. Jason looks exactly the same. Well, that's what I was going to say. He, I thought he looked really good because I remember no, him. No, he looks amazing, but he always looked amazing. No, see, that's what I was going to say is that I remember he had that Which CBS vampire. Logan? Yeah, Logan, he had that CBS vampire show for like five right. minutes. He looked awful on that show. He looked terrible on that show. And I was like, oh, Jason Doring, what happened to you, sir? Scientology. He looks great. Scientology. That does happen to <laughs> people. Does. It's like a nature show. Yeah. It's never on purpose. Uh, my exposure... Nobody asked me, but I liked the movie as well as the TV show. We'll see. No, that's fine. See what I was, I, was, Sorry. I, was, I was hoping to circle back. Yeah, to no, we, we, we ran off the tangent there. I was going to circle back for the record. So um, you, you liked them both equally? Yes, because, I mean, I don't think it's fair to hold it against the movie that you can get more attached to the characters in the TV show, because, of course, you can. That's like saying, you know, with the Harry Potter books and movies... Obviously, you're going to get a lot more out of the books. Right. Um, Prisoner of Azkaban, which is like widely regarded as by mo- by most people as the best movie which, in the Harry Potter series, if one not that? one Three? of the best, the third one, okay. cut out so much from the books that it's basically an entirely different story. Okay. But it succeeds so well as a movie that it doesn't really matter. You know, so it's like mm-hmm. with this, it's like, okay, of course you can't get as deep into the characters because A, there are a million of them, and B, you have an hour and 50 minutes as opposed to three seasons. But everything you love about the show in terms of the tone mm-hmm. and the way the mysteries are built mm-hmm. and the way the characters interact and the way they treat each other and the way they talk to each other is there. Oh, I so agree. it's like, I, I don't. I don't feel like I would say I like it less than the show. I think it's a fantastic compliment to no, the show. No, I agree. Uh, I just think it's, again, it's that case of like, you know, so uh, so they're going to be releasing a Veronica Mars uh, novel in the next couple of weeks or months, I think, um, which uh, is supposed to be in canon. It serves as sort of a direct, you know, it picks up directly where the movie left off. Um, and the hope is that the movie will do well enough that they'll be able to make another one, that there'll be, there'll be at least one sequel. Um, and I think if I'm remembering correctly, I'm pretty sure Thomas said that if he gets to make another movie, that this is like the, the movie he would want to make. Um, and again, so it's, it's that, it's that idea of, you know, 
They so beautifully set up the story for the next movie, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, in, no. In such a, like, interesting way that threads together so many things from the story, but also in such a heartbreaking way. Yeah. Like, poor Weevil. That guy, for three whole seasons, never got a damn break, and now he continues to just not get a break in the worst possible way. Okay, well, that's that's something else I want to say, but let me let me come back to that in a second. What I, what I want to say first was that, you know... That is the sound of wine being poured. I uh, am in the room. You are in the room. Got to have a beverage. Uh, Bart and I are both drinking some uh, some JMO. Uh, cheers, sir. Cheers. Um, so still have carrot liquor. There we go. Um, it's not here. No, uh, but it, it comes back to this idea of making this, getting the band back together. Let's cram in as many characters and cameos as we possibly can. Whereas I feel like, you know, I'm actually really excited to see a movie where they don't have to do that. Just Veronica just, being awesome. Yeah, just a straight just, up just a straight up story with half as many characters involved because they're the ones yeah. that are actually necessary yeah. to tell the I story. I just have Veronica and Weevil and Mac and Wallace and Logan and her dad. And, and Leo. And Leo. Deputy Leo? Leo, you guys! Deputy Leo, Max Greenfield stepping it up. He's the he's one where they have to work a little bit harder to get him in because mm-hmm. he very clearly left Neptune in like a very bad way when he left the show. So it's like he's not just going to randomly pop up at the Neptune police station, you know, so they had to work a little bit harder to get him in. So I was afraid they weren't going to find a way to do it. Yep. And then also he's so busy now with New Girl and stuff that I was like, oh, if they don't get Max Greenfield back for Leo, I'm going to be so sad. He was one of my favorite characters. Yeah, he's great. But so let's let's go back to what you were started to say about uh, about Weevil um, because I think it it He's har- the biker with the no I know yeah. who Weevil is okay. so it, yeah. I paid attention to him because he seemed like a character that I might he's, be interested in he's great. such a good character he and he and Logan also surprisingly <coughs> have a fantastic like weird sort of like quasi friendship where like they kind of hate each other and they're on totally opposite sides of everything but when they have to be thrown together they're amazing because yeah. they're very similar underneath everything yeah. Um, but it, that really kind of illustrates one of the more interesting things about this movie in a, in a way that like, I almost don't know what to do with, um, which is this running theme throughout the movie of addiction. And, you know, she's constantly t- like making, drawing these metaphors about, you know, you know, do I get a chip for being the girl who goes to the bar and orders the drink and swishes it around and breathes it in, but then walks out before I take a drink? And, uh, you know, and the the magnet on the fridge that give me the courage to yeah, the know what I can't prayer. change. Yeah, the serenity yeah. prayer. Like, there's this whole running, uh, like, motif of uh, addiction and alcoholism. Um, and again, it's also, like, just while you're saying me. that, just very quickly... Because, again, it's briefly mentioned, and I know Logan's saying it like a metaphor yeah. that he was Carrie's sponsor, but, like, are we meant to believe that Logan himself went to rehab? Because I feel like we are. Yeah. Like, we are meant to think Logan went to rehab. I think so. Straightened himself out, got completely cleaned up, joined the Navy, became a pilot, yeah. and is, like, 98% on the straight and narrow now. Yeah. I think so. Like, I think that's what we are meant to believe, which is great, because when the movie first starts... And they're doing those clips of him at the party mm-hmm. with Carrie. I was like, oh, great God, we're back to this Logan. Okay, really? This is the Logan we're going to have for the whole movie? And so then when he first shows up in the Navy outfit, I Which thought is it was an elaborate by the way. joke of some kind. Yeah. You know? And it, I was like, oh, no, wait. 
he really is a fighter pilot. Like, that's really what he does now. I can say that felt ridiculous to me, by the way. I thought it was it a dream fe- sequence that, for a second. I was, suit, it was so the, funny. The uniform looked like it didn't fit him as yeah. part of the problem. It, it looks like it was a good size too big for him. It just, <gasps> it, ooh, Nemo. You all right there, bud? Nemo attempted to commit suicide <laughs> off the bench. He's okay. Uh, he is okay. He's just looking a little confused. But he's always a little confused, so it's fine. But, but um, there's a whole thing. I mean, and, and, and it really it goes all the way back to the show because her mother was an alcoholic. Yes. So, there, I mean, it's a subject that they've tackled, you know, throughout the history of this this whole character and this whole franchise. See, for me, not knowing that, yeah, I was just like, and again, maybe this is my own, my own lens coloring things a little bit. Everyone who goes into law has something of an addictive personality, period. Sure. Like addiction prone personality. And that's as far as I was willing to go with it. Huh? I said, oh, my poor brother. Well, that's, well, I mean, I mean, hello, hi. But hi, Eric. Um, so yeah, no. But but the thing that I think is really interesting about it, though, it's is that it is, at the end, it sort of feels like everybody gives in to their addiction. Everybody yep. gives in to their demon, and we're supposed to think that that's awesome. I don't think and we are supposed to think weird. that it's awesome. It did, especially it felt for a little weevil. Weevil. Well, no, no for Weevil, it's weevil. tragic. I think no. we're supposed to think it's completely heartbreaking. No, I agree for Weevil, but but you know, for, I mean, Veronica talks about changing and trying to be a different person and. And sort of realizing that essentially she can't change, that this, you know, Neptune P.I., like, that's who she's meant to be. And that's totally cool. And, like, I, I think that's, you know, that in and of itself is a, is a really interesting, you know, uh, way to treat the character. Felt um, like a cop-out yeah, to me, well, buddy. Well, another thing, it's like someone who's trying to sort of escape their past and prove that, you know, that they can be better or that they, they don't have to be what they always were or something like that. And then sort of realizing that, no, I'm just chasing this thing that isn't really me. And, you know, this is who I really am. Um, like that, That's an interesting dynamic by itself. But when you put it all under the lens of being an alcoholic, it makes it weirder when she decides, actually, this is where I want to be. And, I mean, we're supposed to walk out of that movie with a fuck yeah, Veronica's going to be a badass P.I. feeling right now. Well, yeah, you know? but, and I did have that feeling, but I didn't, I mean, I didn't frame it as the alcohol thing. But it felt to me noble in the sense that she wanted to get out to make her life better and so that she didn't have to be like mired in all this muck of Neptune but now like seeing that it's gotten even worse and seeing what it's doing to people Mm -hmm. I feel like it's one of those things where it's almost like it's self-sacrificing you know like yes she talks about if she has an addictive personality and if she's an adrenaline junkie and whether or not she just you know can't live with a boring day-to-day life and maybe that is the case and maybe she has a death wish or something but it almost seemed a little bit more self-sacrificing because it was one of those things where it's like I'm going to give up the normalcy and the high paycheck and the nice relationship and stuff like that to hopefully make a better future for other people and I might go down with the ship but hopefully I will have like right in the ship for other people you know before that happens and I don't know it just seemed like she was gonna get her hands dirty and that but it and I also feel like it's true to the character because I remember saying this while the show was airing and then again when I think you were watching the show for the first time. Yeah. Part of why Piz never landed for me and I used this exact example was that Veronica's life doesn't call for a man like Piz. Like with what Veronica does yeah. every day yeah, I remember having this and with what Veronica gets herself into, she needs Logan because when she's like being slammed down on a pool table... 
with her life in jeopardy, Logan comes charging in with a gun, like sticking up the place to save her, you know, yeah. and to make his sure never no one that. lays a hand on her. Yeah, his doesn't have his that in his DNA. would never yeah. do that. And yeah. so it's like, if you're going to be Veronica and live that life, if that's the choice you make, you need Logan. Yeah. You know? See, it, it, none of it landed for me. Because I'm sorry, but you don't do all of the things that you need to do in law school to get yourself to the point where she was and then fucking walk out on it. You don't do it. You have worked too hard. You have worked too <laughs> goddamn hard. You just can't. You just can't do it. It's like, because otherwise, frankly. Hi, Eric. Hi, Eric. <laughs> Hi, Eric. No, because I feel like you would have walked out earlier. I completely support your decisions, Eric. You were unhappy, and I think you're happier now. I disagree with Bart. Well, I mean, as someone who almost dropped high, out of law school. High-powered yep. law firm jobs and are not for no. everyone. They sound soul-sucking and miserable. But, no, Bart, I mean, Bart is speaking from a, from an area of personal experience here. I, I am. I mean, I had my moments of doubt, and, yeah, I pulled myself through it, and I slogged through yeah, it. Yeah, you whatever. finished law school, but and you're not lawyering no, now. No, I'm not lawyering now, and I decided to do something else, too. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time... It's a pretty radical departure, and if you are offered the big job, I feel like, and I'm including Eric here, you'd probably take it and then give up later, maybe. Or leave it later. That is, in fact, exactly what he did. <laughs> I know that's what he did, but I'm just saying, like, you don't just be like, nah, I'm not going to call him back. Yeah. It just, it just felt fake to me. Yeah, no, sure. Yeah, her re repeatedly not answering that phone. Especially because they drew bizarre. so much goddamn attention to the fact that she was not answering their calls. That's true. Uh, yeah, and I I felt like the... And then they called her dad. They called her yeah, dad. That part I found very unbelievable, but the only way I reasoned <coughs> it out in my head is maybe when she decided, like, oh, I'm going to go on the ship to California, and then I'm going to ask them for a couple days extra so I can stay on the ship in California. She might have said, here's another number where you can reach me if you need me. True. Like, trying to be a good kind of, like, employee for those, like, two seconds where yeah. she really was trying to be a good employee. But so you mentioned, yeah, they go to all these things to show that she's not answering the calls. And that's, you know, the movie is kind of constantly doing this. It's showing, like, have, text message bubbles or bubbles. whatever. Yeah, which I felt like... I thought it was okay. I, I, well, yes, I thought the same thing. And my question was, did they do that during the show? No. no. But the voiceover was a huge part of the show, yeah. which I know that a lot of people hate voiceovers in movies. And I was torn about it because part of me was like, it feels like you're trying to be too explainy and it feels like you're trying like surely there's a way you can help clue people in who haven't really watched the show. But then on the other hand, it is Integral such show, a holdover yeah. from the show, yeah. yeah, and it's so harkens back to the show that I was like, I kind of feel comforted <coughs> by it. I yeah. kind of like having that guy. <coughs> no, I agree. The whole time. Yeah, I had no problem with the voiceover. Yeah, the pop up bubbles bugged me. Well, I just didn't like the style of them. They're like. They pastel. They look like iPhone bubbles. Despite the fact that everything on this whole move, Samsung, everything, everywhere. Oh my oh, god. Is that the Samsung Galaxy tablet? Oh my god. That's <laughs> true. That was heavy handed to the point. Oh, you're still working for Sun Microsystems? <laughs> that, was, that, was, that, one was, that one hurt me a lot, actually. Where do I recognize that, that girl from, by the way? Tina Majorino? Oh, Tina Majorino! That's who she is. That's yeah, exactly that crazy who she is. I love that Yeah, no, it looked good, but I couldn't figure out, I couldn't quite place her face, and now it's all. I did want there to be a small moment between her and Madison Sinclair, and I was a little bit sad that there wasn't a teen That makes perfect sense. Now I got it. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, 
I, I just felt like they didn't add anything. I didn't really subtract anything for me, but I felt like they well, didn't add anything. I, I'm guessing they added some money to the budget. Well, yeah, I'm the, sure. You mean the text the bubbles? Text yeah, no, no, I'm talking about the text bubbles. Oh, I'm yeah. talking about Samsung. No, the text, bu- <laughs> the text bubbles, I would have, I, you know, I, I would have, like, it's done in a different way. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like everyone's Sherlock, trying. just the words. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And everyone's trying, because text messages and emails are now, like, such an integral part of our lives. Yeah, and you no have one... to now. There's no, like answering machine message that everyone can hear. Well, yeah, and, and not only that, but it's like nobody wants another shot of a, you know, dummy computer screen because no one wants to license out Gmail, you know? Like, mm-hmm. so trying to find some new way to sort of naturally make text, like, float across the screen or, or interact, have characters interact with it and stuff like that. Like, I'm all for that. Yeah. But it just, like, something about it just felt very dated. Like, you know what it actually reminded me of is the fact that she, uh, on the show, used to have a sidekick. Which is like such a dated specific, and spe- specific yeah. moment in time. You see characters with a sidekick. It's like, oh yeah, that happened in exactly exactly that era. That's what it felt like. It felt mm-hmm. like something that was like you know, we're gonna look at something like we're gonna look at that in like you know ten that's fifteen I, years and go, oh look at those adorable little. Text that's how I bubbles. felt about the words with friend Joe. Yeah, like it plays really yeah. funny now, but I remember thinking. Like in a few years, yeah. we're no, going to have to explain that joke. Yeah, to your they're kids. not yeah. going to understand why that joke is funny yeah, at all. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like the FBI joke. That yes. was nice. So, um, Bart, so their theory, if they didn't get canceled in their third season, their whole plan was to take Veronica to the FBI Academy. Like that's what was going to happen because she was in the third season. She's in college. This professor has taken her under his wing. She's taking um, forensics and like criminology, criminology, all these things like that. And she's excelling and they're like offering her these internships and stuff. And so the plan was to take her to the FBI Academy. So it was like, Oh, the FBI Academy does the FBI saying this case? I'm not in the FBI. I heard you were in the FBI. And she says, well, maybe in another life. Yeah, maybe in another which life. Is, which is yeah. specific because they actually shot, not a full pilot, but they shot a pilot presentation, which oh, basically yeah. like... to try to pitch a movie of like, this no. would be... Yeah, I thought it was to pitch a movie. No, it was to pitch a fourth season. At the season. very, very beginning, like right after it got canceled, I thought Thomas tried to pitch no, a movie. No, it, it was to pitch a fourth no? season. Right. It was to pitch a fourth season, which would be her having just come out of the FBI Academy, I think, and... Uh, being a new agent at the FBI, so it would be set, you know, years in the future. And the so they shot a pilot presentation, which was like 15 minutes of sort of her with a couple of characters and sort of working a couple of cases. And it was kind of like a 21 Jump Street style thing where, like, she's, like, undercover in, like, high schools and college kind of thing. She still looks young. That sounds unsuccessful. Um, yeah, well, but they, but they shot this sort of pilot. Um, so you, when you buy the third season on DVD... Um, it comes with this pilot. You can you can watch this oh, pilot that's, presentation. Well, that's cool. so, yeah, so it sort of exists out there, but fans have always been like, should we take this as canon that she went to the FBI no. or didn't? And so he sort of said, like, well, no, that's sort of like a parallel existence kind of thing. Like, yeah. a, it's an alternate reality version. So it's nice to have him sort of literally call that right out. Well, that's movie, nice. Which is cute. Yeah. yeah, it's cute. It's fine. It's, it's, a, it's also, a nice bit if you know it. You know? It's also not something that I could possibly have known. No, yeah. not at all. Um, so there's a lot of supporting characters in this. Um, like I said, a lot of them feel like they kind of got... Uh, was Carrie Bishop the same actress? No. She was not, because it was Leighton Meester, wasn't yes. it? Yeah, so it was Leighton Meester Leighton Meester was the one person who they that literally just, couldn't I get back. I just now literally remembered it, because the whole movie, I'm like, that is not the actress who played Carrie Bishop. I no. don't recognize that face. 
who played Carrie Bishop? And then literally the second I just now asked you, I remembered it was Leighton Meester. Yeah, it was Leighton Meester. Uh, so she she was the one person who just, they she wasn't available. They just couldn't get her to come yeah. back. Uh, they couldn't make the scheduling work. So they had to recast her, which I think works because she's changed her name and she's got a whole Hollywood persona. Yeah. So she looks enough like Leighton Meester that it's fine, it's I guess. Funny, though. I wouldn't have seen that character going down the path she goes in the movie. Yeah. She was a pretty good stand-up character. She wasn't one of the rich kid jerks. True. True. Um, the okay. she's an actual, and then it works out because they actually ca- I think they cast an actual musician in that role um, that that Rob Thomas likes. I don't remember what her name is now, but um, but uh, yeah, there's you know, so it's it's nice to see uh, Max Greenfield. It's nice to see Deputy Leo back. Um, and Sax gets a nice, a I nice, know, a Sax nice, great. beautiful redemption, and then goes the way of of. Old Sheriff Lamb, unfortunately. I know, right? So Jerry O'Connell's great in his little bit. I mean, he doesn't have much to do, but, you know, he does his Jerry O'Connell thing. He's he is good. Jerry O'Connell. Um, He's sliding. I have to say that I was really impressed by uh, Kristen Ritter, um, who plays Gia, the dark-haired girl who gets... I'm going to say, for the record, I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you're admitting it this late into the podcast. Did you miss all the big important moments in this movie? I dozed off at exactly exactly the wrong moment because I was like, it was kind of cold in the theater. Yeah. So I like put my my coat over me and I was like getting cozy and I just I just dozed off at exactly the wrong moment and then poof somebody gets shot and I wake up and I'm like oh shit <laughs> I knew that I missed something important you missed them explaining I the missed, whole story I missed all the exposition so wait you don't know who killed Susan you don't know like why and you don't know why Carrie died you don't I know anything I have a digital copy See, we can watch it right now point <laughs> that I was not invested yeah I just didn't get. I, I just do couldn't. think I do think it's way too convoluted of a mystery for a movie. Like I agree. The, one of the ho- I mean, maybe he was again trying to like pay you know homage to his show because one of the hallmarks of the show is that the mysteries often were convoluted, and they would take a whole season to go through. I love convoluted mysteries. Two, though, <laughs> I love so, mysteries. Season two, like it's so yeah, and the end of it is so insane. Yeah, too. but it's one of those things though that. Gosh, what was I thinking about this in reference to? Oh, I was thinking about this in reference to True Detective, and I yeah. meant to say this to you. We were talking about how I'm not going to spoil any, I'm not going to spoil anything. Thank you. I, I keep promise. getting heckled. Hi, Fernando. No, Hi, Aaron. But there are so many things that once we watched the finale of True Detective, I was like, oh. But it really felt like you know that this was supposed to be a clue, and that was supposed to be a clue, and this was supposed to be a clue. And I'm just not a big fan of the red herring. You know, I'm a fan of it if like. Okay, let's say you think this it clue is off leading to point way. A, yeah. yeah, but it's actually leading to point B, but it still does point to something. Whereas True Detective didn't do that. It was almost like they wanted to like plant false clues to mislead you, and then they were like, okay, well, this is the resolution. Like, forget all that other stuff. Yeah. Veronica Mars, like, while it made the end result very crazy and like woven together in this weird way. Anything they presented to you as a potential clue was woven into the final solution, you know? So I feel like they tried to very much do that here, except when you only have, you know, 100 minutes, 110 minutes, it's much harder. And this was such a, like, very layered resolution going back years and years and years, you know, of plotting and twisting and planning to get to this ultimate murder that's just kind of like 
Jeebus. Like, that's a lot of stuff. I think I would have liked a simpler mystery. Well, and again, I think it, it that's the exact way I feel about about Serenity, about the Reaver storyline in Serenity. Like, that's an incredible... But I love that resolution. That's such a beautiful no, resolution. No, I do too. Especially considering everything Mal fought for against the Alliance. No, I do too, except... But the, the, revel- again, <laughs> the revelation of the backstory of the Reavers is one of those things that if it had happened after three or four seasons of the TV show would have been... more of a gut punch. Yeah, it would have been astounding. It would have been like, oh my god, this is fucking amazing. Whereas because in the movie, just you're just sort of like... normal people... Yeah. You got the short end of the stick. Yeah, in the movie, you're just sort of like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess that, yeah, that makes sense. But, like, if it had played out at sort of the pace it was intended to, it would have been far more powerful. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I feel you there. Um, but I was really more impressed because, I mean, I could be wrong and, you know, you can IMDb me here. Um, but uh, I, I feel like Veronica Mars was sort of a pretty big breakout role for Kristen Ritter. I mean, she's gone on to do lots of stuff since then, but I feel like this was kind of a big kind of coming out for her. I mean, um, I would say, without IMDb-ing her, because I feel like we're talking less about how many credits she has after Veronica Mars and what impact Veronica Mars would have had. Yeah. I can't imagine she would have gotten cast specifically in things because of Veronica Mars, but I do feel like it was one of the most visible things she had probably ever done up until that point. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Um, so, I just don't feel like the role was showy enough that it probably got her foot in a lot of doors. But. Well, no, no, but that's exactly what I was going to say is that I never felt like she was super strong on that show. I mean, she yeah, had kind she of a kind flaky of character. Like the annoying, and, flaky girl. Yeah, there like wasn't a lot of depth to her. But kind of sweet. Like, she wasn't mean. Yeah. You know, she was always nice to Veronica, even though Veronica was not well-liked in those circles. But that's why I think what makes it all more impressive in the movie is that they take this character that on the show was, yeah, pretty flaky and pretty two-dimensional um, even though a lot of really fucked up shit happened to and around her, um, you never really saw much of that in the character on the show. But here, I mean, they really give her a lot to do. Um, and I think it's, I think credit goes to Christian Ritter for really, really making that work. Um, oh, yeah. And she, really giving that character that end a speech is when she's telling yeah, no. what exactly happened and, oh, lucky me, I'm the one he loves. You yeah, know? no, like, it's fantastic. Oh, uh, I mean, it's she, so, and you feel so bad for no, her. No, she brings, I mean, she, she brings a lot of layers to that character mm-hmm. that never really had him before. And it's kind of, again, it, it's, it feels like, you know, Kristen Bell's, you know, pregnancy thing kind of playing into like the character and really feeling like. Yeah, time has passed and shit has happened and you can really see that all kind of pile up with these people. So my question to you, Bartholomew, and yes, I'm sir. really curious to hear what you say since you didn't have yes. very strong feelings about this movie or didn't have strong positive oh, yeah, feelings strong about this movie. <laughs> well, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Part of the Ghostbusters. Oh, no problem. It's Mathazar. It's Ooh. who? Oh, oh Mathazar. <laughs> Both got it all. <laughs> no uh, question. Keith Mars is a fantastic artist. No question. Absolutely. For me, no problemo. Yeah. Uh, Jamie? I don't think I'm going to be able to make a choice on this particular one. Too many options? Yes, because obviously Keith Mars. Like, Keith and Veronica are amazing. Like, yeah. they are the heart. They were the heart of the show, they were the heart of everything. I love Keith Mars so very much. One of one of my biggest disappointments with this movie, I'm not going to lie, mm-hmm. is that Keith Mars, I mean, first of all, he has a big giant house for some reason, which I don't really understand, because it doesn't seem like That's he, true. It doesn't seem he like he is particularly before. any more successful than he was when we left him. In fact, he seems so less successful. He seems very much less successful, yeah. so I don't understand how he went from having the crappy apartment to suddenly having this big, beautiful house, other than the fact that they got more money than they planned on. Mm-hmm. Um, but... 
I'm not gonna lie, I'm kinda sad he didn't have anyone in his life. Like there was like any anyone to love him and be with him and make yep. him happy, especially considering, like I said, things seem crappier than ever in Neptune. And he seems beaten down. Like yeah. when he, they're going into the elevator and he's talking about why Veronica needs to go back to New York and everything. Which and, I, and it was just very sad and heartbreaking the way he was like, you can't stay here. Like it doesn't do good things to people. And she tries to be like, oh, but you're fine. And he very clearly is not at that particular moment. Like, he is not in a good place. Come on, now we need and your help. No, but so it's just like, I wish he had something, you know? Um, Veronica Mars, you should go back to New York. I mean, I love Logan, <laughs> but he still seems like, because how do we measure the heart of the Ghostbusters? Like, is it... Person you want to hang with. Right, that's what I thought. With. Person yeah. you want to have a beer with, right? Yeah. Totally I love bad. Logan, but I don't think I would want to go hang out and have a beer with Logan. But I like Wallace and Mac. Can I like do them as a duo? Yeah, you can have. You can have. <laughs> well, see, here's the problem. But they're not in it enough. I that's like, the I problem. Say, yeah. If you're inside, a casual person, yeah. they don't. They don't resonate. They don't pop in any way. Inside, yeah. inside the context of them. the movie itself. Never mind anything you bring into it. And, I, and I'm granted that I bring something into it about. You know what? You know what? Because I love I love Galaxy Quest. If it's just who you want to have a drink with, it's Dick Casablancas. I mean, come on, who doesn't want to hang out and have a drink with Dick Casablancas? I would love that. Ryan Hansen is in fine form in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was gonna. I was thinking that same thing. I mean, I I go. I'm going with Keith Mars, but that's (laughs) what I was. I couldn't believe you hadn't said Dick yet. Or Deputy Leo. I thought you were gonna say Deputy Deputy Leo. Leo. It just wasn't enough. It felt like an inside joke, and I was on the outside. What? Dick Casablancas? All of it. Oh, I thought Dick Casablancas. I was like. He's the one everyone's going to love. His he's, pelvis flask yeah, is amazing. I was like, he's the one that people who have never seen the show are going to go into the, it coming out being like, that guy. The, be- yeah. the belt flask was a thing, but the character was obnoxious to me. Oh, but he's so great. And like, and, he, and felt he just like, owns who he, he is. He felt like <laughs> fucking what's-his-name-in-American pie. Uh, Stifler. Yeah, Stifler. He oh, was, no, he's, he's not so unStifler. He like. was just Stifler to no. me. That's all he was. He was the. He was the. He was the. He was the, that guy you know who has a fucking flask belt. So I mentioned at the top this sort of the Kickstarter element to mm-hmm, this that mm-hmm. you know fans basically made this movie happen, and so um, one of the rewards at the very outset of this was um, you know you donate a certain amount of money. And you'll get a digital copy of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and they promised people at the very beginning that you know the, the digital copies would happen very soon after the release. In fact, they said the movie's going to come out on Friday. You'll get a digital copy by Monday. Oh. Um, what they ended up doing instead is they've done a full-on day-and-date release for this movie. Yeah. So you can't go buy it on Blu-ray yet. You can't go buy it in a store. But it's now, as of today, available. You can see it in theaters. You can buy it or rent it on iTunes or Flickster or Amazon or uh, like a very Google Play and all those things. Well, it's, it's more and more common. A lot of movies are doing it now. But this is certainly the biggest scale movie, I think, that's really done it. Like the, A lot of times it's, <coughs> it's in theaters and it's rentable, but you can't own it. This is full-on day-and-day digital release. Wouldn't that come which I think is really interesting. theater take substantially? I mean, like we said, I mean, it's, it's playing at the one theater. Release. Yeah, yeah. it's at the Common, it's at Liberty Tree, yeah. and that's it. It's, only, it's, not, it's, it's not at 3,000 screens, that's you know? That's what I was thinking. I was like, enough, I wonder what, you know, their Cheaper take is going to be, because it's mm-hmm. like, yes, that theater was packed. Mm-hmm. Um, small theater. And it was small theater, but it was packed, but it's also just two theaters yeah. in the entire city of Boston. And someone, like, I've been watching on Facebook, because, like, a lot of my friends are going to see it, 
one person was saying was saying that the nearest theater to them that's showing it was two hours away. Yes. So yeah, so he was like, "Oh damn, I'm not gonna get to go see it," and that's why she told him. She yeah. was like, "Oh, it's video on demand right now," and he was like, "Oh, I didn't know that." Yeah. So like that guy probably went out and rented it or bought it or whatever that's a good um, point. from the video on demand. But so they probably <laughs> looked at their rollout and looked at their projections and looked at their theaters and decided yeah. like, you know what, we should probably just we can do a do wider, a yeah, release. I mean that's wider yeah. than super limited. It's you new know, yeah. mid sized release and also day and date. I mean, look, Soderbergh was the first person to do this. He made that sort of weird art type movie with all unknown actors called Bubble and it was like it played in like five theaters and it was available on VOD the same day and that was I remember that being the first time that ever happened um, this is I think easily the biggest uh, rollout of that style mm. um, but I, I, yeah, I mean I'm really fascinated by it um, I mean I so I was a Kickstarter backer and I you know I'll cop to that right up front um, Kung Fury Kung Fury uh, but so <laughs> I mean I so yeah I have a in fact uh, I got an email this morning with my digital copy code uh, I also, I forgot how many rewards I was getting. I also got a copy of the screenplay and I got a poster and I got a bunch of stickers and some t-shirts. I got a whole truckload of Veronica so Mars stuff. stuff all of a sudden. I totally That's forgot about it. The poster showed up yesterday. I didn't even know why I was getting one. I part forgot. Of, part of that is because they kept adding rewards if you gave more money. Yeah. So we kept giving more money. That's true. <laughs> that is, that is very true because I wanted more stuff. Because we really like yeah. Veronica Mars. Um, <laughs> But so, I mean, I think it's, you know, the day and date element to it is really interesting. But I mean, it, again, I think a lot of part of that comes from that, that Kickstarter part of it as well. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Which, you know, and again, this, like I said, this is the most successful film Kickstarter project, you know, in the history of Kickstarter. Um, and it, look, it, people, yeah, I remember when but it, on the other hand, Pebble. Well, no, but that's the thing. I mean, technology and yeah. the, like the, the, they draw, they draw lines there, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. And and it's different because you know there's a there's a so the, and it was one of the big things that people said when the Veronica Mars Kickstarter first happened was it was like aren't the people involved in this like couldn't they make this movie if they wanted to you know like you know, these are Kristen Bell's doesn't have money like like they wanted to invest in making this movie happen like they couldn't make this movie Kristen why do they need well no not Kristen Bell this is me <laughs> but I'm saying like you know why do they need my 50 bucks in order to make this movie happen you know like why don't they just make this movie yeah. and I think Veronica Mars is different from other projects like say for example Zach Braff's Kickstarter project um in that Veronica Mars was a thing where it's a pre-established property with a built-in fan base yeah and they literally couldn't make that movie even if they all had money and threw in because Warner Brothers owns that property. And so they have to get... Yeah. On the other hand, and, Firefly. But given, but given how many times Rob Thomas had tried to get some sort of yeah. Veronica Mars thing off the ground and Warner Brothers kept turning them down... Warner I, Brothers wasn't yeah. convinced there was an Warner, audience. I was going to say, they needed to prove to Warner Brothers that there was an audience because that was his obstacle, was that yeah. no one believed that anyone cared. And so going the Kickstarter route and having it go the way it did mm. was perfect for them because it mm -hmm. showed there, look how many people care. Like you've been telling me nobody cares, they care. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I think that that, that brings a different element to the Kickstarter story as opposed to, like, like I said, I mean, the Zach Braff thing, which was Zach Braff wanted to make another indie movie and um, he could have made that movie by your sort of standard route, you know, he goes to investors, he gets a studio involved, whatever. His argument for going with Kickstarter was, I want to be able to make the movie my own way. Like, 
all, if the, I, all the people who have offered to invest have strings. Like, they yeah. want me to change this part of the script. They want me to change that part of the script. Yeah, I don't, exactly. I want to make the story that I want to make, and I don't want other people telling me how I, I need to make the movie. Ways about it. Yeah, I mean, hand, that's I guess, not an invalid yeah, argument. It's but, not, and if people are willing to fund your vision exactly as it is, then I guess. But on the other hand, it's like people who are going to invest millions, like, they're okay. not totally wrong. No, like, yeah, regular yeah. investors. Like, yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. out of their rights to request certain things. And right. almost every other movie in the history of time has been made under those conditions, yep. you know? Like, okay, yes, we'll give you all this money to make your movie, Spielberg, but you're going to do X, Y, and Z, you know? Like, you're going to cut this one scene, mm -hmm. or you're going to take out this language, or you're going to you know, focus test the ending, and yep. if it doesn't go the way we want, you're going to change it. And so part of me is like, well, who are you to suddenly decide, like, you're too good for that when amazing cinema has been made under the exact same conditions? You're yeah. not wrong. And it's the thing, I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not insane to want that level of control when, you know, you're writing, directing, acting, like you're doing all those things anyway. Like, to want to maintain that control over your project is, you know, that's, that's understandable, but yeah, yeah. But you're also essentially doing it at... Without, I don't know, like the people, I mean, and it's the problem, a lot of people have a Kickstarter, and I, I am really undecided on how I feel about it, so I'm not like trying to go one way or the other, but it's like the people who are investing, for lack of a better word, aren't seeing any return on their profit. Um, well, yeah, that, that's... So you get to do exactly what you want, and potentially make a crap ton more money in the long run. Because you don't now you don't owe, owe anybody anything. Yeah. anything. Well, and that's and that's know? the and argument. It's just kind of like mm, that's the argument that people that feels have. Dangerous is that yeah. It's in, it's specifically in the terms of in the realm of film that it's the idea of like you don't need investors because you're getting people to just give you money and they're not really asking for anything in return. Um, aside from oh, I got this T-shirt yeah. or or a copy of the movie when it was over or whatever. Um, and that's why I think Veronica Mars is different because. Like, I'm willing to donate to Kickstarter. I've donated to a number of film Kickstarters. In fact, most of the Kickstarters I've donated to have been films. Um, and, you know, in a lot of cases, it's because these are sort of like they're indie projects or there's just somebody involved that I like or whatever. And they're trying to make a movie that, you know, nobody's going to... It's not going to get made otherwise, basically, yeah. you know? Um, and that that's why I was sort of more on board with the Veronica thing because, yeah, like, it's... It's a show, like you said at the beginning, it's a show of support that, like, we want this movie to happen. Yeah. And that if, if, the pe if people didn't get on board with that, there was simply no way, it's not like they were going to make a crappier version of that movie yeah. without the Kickstarter. That movie simply wouldn't have happened otherwise. Yeah. Um, and I'm more, I'm okay donating money up front for nothing more than the promise of getting a digital copy or a DVD yeah. or something at the end of the road. But, no, yeah, and, I, and I said this at the time, which is there. like, you know, when you when you talk about what what's available in theaters versus what you actually want to see, and I said this when, you know, the Kickstarter first came out for Veronica Kamars, I'm not opposed to the idea of funding certain movies to ensure that the kind of movies I want to see mm -hmm. get made, you know, especially if, like you said, they're not getting made generally. Like when we yep. talk about, you know, why isn't there a female superhero movie and stuff like that? Like I would love to see a female superhero movie get made. And if someone's going to kickstart it, I would probably donate because I want to make a point to the larger world and to the powers that be in the filmmaking community that I want to see a movie like that, Yeah, you know? And if donating to a Kickstarter is how they get the message, I'm happy to do it. 
Um, but I just don't really feel, like you said, that that's what was happening with the Zach Braff movie because he could have made that movie. Like, he yeah. even said he had investors. Yeah. He just didn't like their condition. So it's like, but you could have made that movie. You could have made that movie without Kickstarter. You know, so it just kind of seems like mm, that's where I think a bad taste starts to get in people's mouths. Sure. I think that's justified. You're starting to see films use Kickstarter uh, for, you know, not for help me get this movie made, but for other part, like par- processes yeah. uh, of filmmaking. So, like, Kung Fury was, we've already shot a bunch of this movie. We need, you know, more money to do some additional shooting and mm-hmm. to do, like, obviously that's a very post-production heavy project. Well, so I would think so, they wouldn't need it? a lot of post-production stuff. Um, our former classmate, Jenny Slate, Uh, has a movie that uh, premiered at Sundance and it played at uh, South by Southwest, although I missed it, which I was really sad about. Um, And they did a Kickstarter after the movie had already been shot and edited and I think either right before they premiered at Sundance, I think. Um, And the Kickstarter was simply for uh, some post-production elements, Mm. but really more for... Uh, like marketing and finding a distributor so that they could actually get this movie out into the world um, and and getting it to festivals and stuff like that and yeah. like that's a whole other part of the process most people just sort of aren't aware of but again it's like well I mean obviously we, I, we know Jenny sort of personally to mm-hmm. a certain degree yeah um, and but I mean that's I mean I support her as an artist I mean I think she's really funny and I like the stuff that she does so I'm happy to help her. You know, get that get that movie out there, and I, and I think I'm going to get a DVD or a digital copy or something when it's all over and done with. But mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting to see people targeting Kickstarter for very specific parts of the movie making process that aren't let me get actors and go shoot this thing. It's, yeah. We've already done that, but there's other shit that needs to get done. You know, I think it's good. Yeah, I mean, why the hell not? Yeah, I've, so I've got a couple of quickie news items here. I think they're they're fun and interesting. We can chat about. Um, the first is, uh, I mean, this is kind of a non-news story, I guess. Like but Flash? Um, no, 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 no. Um, so this Batman, Superman, Captain America, America same day thing? face-off thing, yeah, not gonna it, happen. Yeah, no, it's never gonna happen. Not I mean, gonna happen. You get a lot of buzz about this, so uh, it's a lot of internet chicken. Well, okay, so, and but this, and that's the thing. It literally is. It's a, it's a game of chicken. Uh, yeah. It's release date chicken between these two studios. So yeah, no uh, way. Marvel staked out this date. Uh, in twenty in twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen, months and months ago, because they've since they've got their sort of phase two, phase three plan, they know we're going to release X number of movies over the course of the year. Mm-hmm. So they just sort of staked out these dates without pinning actual movie titles to them. You said we're going to be a Marvel movie on you know July second or whatever it is. Um, so they claimed this date for an unnamed Marvel movie. Uh, months later, Warner Brothers said, okay, well we're going to release Batman Superman. On the same day. Proto Justice League on that day. Bullshit. Well, thinking that Marvel would it is back in out. No one's best interest to release them on the well, same no, day. Well, no, but that was that was Marvel's gambit is well, they were just sort of saying amorphous movie. Um, we have a movie and we're saying we're gonna put out on that day, so this way Marvel will back off and they're gonna give us this day. I hate to say it, there is no fucking way Marvel's gonna back. Well, no, and that's what they—that's exactly what happened. Is they said, "Well, we're keeping that day, and by the way, it's going to be Captain America three. Uh, this leading up to oh, 
the children of Captain America. Well, that's the thing. We're, we're coming up on Captain America too, which, which by is all rights, to be amazing. Yeah, I mean, it could I be. Bet, you I think it's gonna what? be huge. I actually have high hopes for it. Believe it. Or not. And it's also gonna be coming off of Avengers too, which will certainly be huge. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that's like a guarantee. Plus I mean, Guardians, which looks awesome. Yeah, plus Guardians Ant does plus, look awesome. Plus Ant Man is rolling. And there's a lot of trepidation about Batman, Batman and Superman, and what there this whole thing's gonna be. Thousand ways they can screw this up. Yeah. I was gonna say after the reception to Man of Steel, yeah. after the reception to Affleck's casting, like everything's murky and mm -hmm. creepy and weird surrounding that movie. Very lots of skepticism. Yeah. Whereas and just everyone's skips. going to be excited for Cap Three. Like there's just no other way. Right. You're gonna see. Gonna yeah. No. You're gonna. Warner Brothers <laughs> is gonna flinch. They're gonna. They're gonna pull out. They're gonna change their day. Change like, it's going to happen. <laughs> They've already pushed. They already pushed that date like like six months or something like that. Yeah. Um, there, there, or might have been a year actually. Um, they're they're going to push the date again. There's yeah. no way Warner Brothers is gonna is gonna face off uh, against Captain America. It's just not gonna happen. It's not um, a good business. So strategy. I mean, yeah. So so you know, a lot of people talking about it right now, but it's not gonna hold up. So it's just a matter of time now between, until Warner Brothers changes their mind again. Um, some interesting Star Wars news uh, in the last week or so. Um, How interesting could it possibly be? Well, they're they're. Getting down their uh, cast list, they're, they've got some sort of short list uh, for people they're seeing for one of the new leads. Adam Driver has sort of been cast as a villain. Has that um, been confirmed yet, or is that still in? I feel like that's still in rumor. I don't know if it's strong rumor. Yeah, rumor I, I don't think. I think it's one of those things where no one's denying it, but no one's uh, confirming it either. I think it's just sort of accepted as gospel now, the same way that. The same way that Michael B. Jordan was sort of accepted as he, they were gonna, he's going to play oh, yeah. the Human Torch, and it, there was no talk. Yeah. yeah, and then it, six months later, oh yeah, by the way, that's true. Um, so Driver will probably be playing a, a villain. Um, so they're looking at their lead, which at one point would have been Luke Skywalker's son, but I don't think that's necessarily true anymore. I um, can be filled with nothing but trepidation. Yeah. about Star Wars. That's the end. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that is a perfectly reasonable position to have. So. I mean, it's it's like James Franco is weird. Star Wars, I don't know. Yeah, like that's just that's it's all. It's just is. the truth of the world. It at just the is. It's it's it's. Ugh. Well, here's a reason to get excited. They've got this short list of people to play this lead role. Um, I don't get excited I, about actors. I get excited about ideas, and there's no way I can commit to anything. That's true. I'm scared about this. Yeah, no. I don't think this should exist. All right. Well, those are some strong words, sir. I, do you? I mean, really? I, I'm. I don't think it shouldn't exist. I think, I think you need to do it right. I don't know if they're going to. Are they going to? I don't know. I Listen, feel like okay. I'm still hopeful only because, like, I mean, I'm a little bit scared of JJ. I kind of wish JJ weren't doing it. JJ should um, be lens but flares. But I, I really. I think everyone's just like hopeful for the prospect of a redo. Mm. Yeah. Like, you can't one undo. I'm, no, I'm excited for the. You can't undo one through three. Like they will no. always be a part of the story, and they will always be part of canon. But like, given what a general disappointment those. I are, like three. I like, like three. Yes, I'll go three that far. Three has its moments, but in general. I don't feel the need to watch them again. You know, yeah. like I don't want to watch them again. They're not all that much fun. They're not all that good. They don't add very much to the story. So I think, like, while I don't think they're necessary, really, I just really want more good Star Wars stories, you know? And it would be so wonderful if they could actually do some good stories. That's true. And I'll get behind that for sure. 
but I'm so nervous because there's so fucking much riding on them. Star Wars Episode 1 was shit. It was shit. It was shit. Episode 2 was shit until the last two two seconds. Yoda fighting fighting was the only thing about that movie that I really enjoyed. Yoda fighting is the reason why I saw it twice in theaters, (coughs) even though I I didn't like it. So this past summer, I decided it was time for me to... Uh, watch them all on blue on Blu-ray. So I did. I went to the library and I got them out, and I watched them in order. I've never watched them in order before. Have you? Did you? What do you mean you watched them one through six? One through six. No, I've in order. I've never done it, and I decided it was time to do it. And I was like, all right. So I did. And one is every bit as shitty as I remember. Two is every bit as shitty as I remember, except for when Yoda's fighting. And three, I still enjoy in the same way that I did. And then the original ones are still fun and awesome because they're fun and awesome. But I just don't, I don't need more. I mean, my, my <coughs> fear is that, like, kind of like, I mean, there are moments of J.J. Star Trek movies that I really do enjoy, but a lot yeah. of that has to do with casting. A lot of that, I just really, really like the cast. Of I this, agree. Of the Star Trek movies. Yes. Um, I think they're fantastic. Yep. Um, and they sell those movies. They make those movies work, and they make them ridiculously fun to watch. And I will watch, especially the first Star Trek, over and over and over and over again. And that's in large part due to the cast. Yeah. But something about it being Star Wars specifically means like I don't just want it to be fun. I don't just want it to be like two hours of fun. I want it to mean something in some way. I want it to be meaningful. I want that's like, I want to yeah. care. I want to really care. That's hilarious. I agree. Only because that's exactly how all of my Star Trek friends feel about Star Trek. Oh, I'm sure they that, do. That Abrams <laughs> basically turned it into a big ball of space adventure fun time and that all of the sort of heady intellectual like yeah. next gen stuff yeah all, all well not even next gen stuff but it's yeah like next gen stuff. original Star Trek say, well, no original Star Trek is not an original no but original Star Trek is campy care. I mean it's campy and it's low budget and stuff but it is still dealing with you know big goofy sci-fi intellectual ideas yeah, but not even any. if it is just Frank Gorshin with his face painted white and black you know like they're still they're still dealing with stuff there, and that's what it feels like is missing from Abrams Star Trek movies right. is any sense of intellectual curiosity. Well, yeah, but the thing about Star Wars, I just after having watched them again in order from one to six, yeah, do I really need more? Do I want more? It, like, actually, no, that's the wrong question. The real question is, do I want more enough to get over the hump of feeling that they're gonna fuck it up? Well. Here's my response to that. No, I don't. more story to tell, though. I There's mean, always it, more story it, you know, to tell. No, but it's such a fertile ground in terms of everything that, you know, leaves off at six. I mean, that's like a major government upset. Like, there's so there's so many places you could go from there. Am I the only one who's happy that Ghostbusters 3 doesn't exist? It may it's just still win. happening. <laughs> They're still developing that. I, well, I mean, well, without Egon? Yeah. Well, but I don't think... Correct me if I'm wrong. The intention was never for it to be about. Well, the no, they would have I know that. They would have appeared in cameo roles. No, I know like that. But Seth I mean, Rogen and everything. Like, I, well, no, not I necessarily Seth Rogen, but yeah. Is just like I just. But Ramus would have been involved. I, more well, as a writer producer. Okay, sure. let me let me let me take a different route. Blues Brothers 2000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That movie doesn't need to exist. No. It just doesn't. No. Although I don't know if that's necessarily an apt comparison. I mean, Star Wars is a much my, bigger my, universe. Yeah. You but know? My point is, some things. Perhaps are okay. Crystal Skull. You want to go there? <laughs> we did this last. Time. I know we did it last time, but it's still an apt point. Would you want to? Would you get behind Back to the Future Four? No, but here's the difference, though. And this is this is what I'm gonna say about it. The difference is Back to the Future. Well, Back to the Future 
Back to the Future 3 is, is pretty good. I mean, the first one is the best one, obviously. obviously. The second one's got some fun parts. The third one's got some fun parts. Yeah. Um, but that feels like a fairly cohesive story and franchise. Yeah. Um, Indiana Jones also ended in a great place, right? Sure. Well, until 4 showed up. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. You, the difference is, when it comes to Star Wars, mm-hmm. I would love to not hate Star Wars anymore. You know, like, I've been I so... I don't hate it. Well, no, I mean, I... Don't I'm, forget, it ends after Jedi. No, 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 but what, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, in the timeline of our lives, Star Wars was a thing that I loved as a kid growing up, and then... Yeah. And then the prequels were... And not it's just the prequels were so bad that they ruined it for me, but it, it just... It totally it burned me out. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 turned, it turned it into this, like, really unfortunate... This, almost like this chore, and then everything else that is associated with the prequels, like all these See, animated series and I stuff like that. I think three... I think hard episode, to get invested. I think episode three ends in an all right place, and I think episode six ends in a very good place. And do I really... Like, do I want to be dragged through th- another trilogy at this point? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know either, because I don't know where the fuck they're going to go with it. I, just, I, would, I would like to be excited about Star Wars again. I would like to, All right, are to you have, s- have a warm feeling in my, well, ma- in my stomach when I hear daily, Star Wars, and daily, not like, That's oh, your heart, not your stomach. Are you excited or are you nervous? I'm both. Well? I'm excited at the prospect of good Star Wars again. Yeah. I'm nervous that we're not going to get it. Well, you which know? do you think is more likely that's, but, to the, but that's the thing. Now, because we're coming out of prequels, because nobody ever thought that Star Wars was going to be bad until the prequels happened. You know, there was all this, like, pent-up excitement and, and expectation. Yeah, and and they, Star Wars was so good that yeah. the concept of bad Star Wars never even entered the conversation right. until we all saw well, episode one. Well, it's in the lexicon now, buddy. Exactly. And that's my point is... You know, I, I I'm excited for the idea and the the hope that there could that I that I could get excited about Star Wars again. That, that this could be a franchise that I actually want to get back and get involved with again, and that I look forward to as opposed to kind of dreading any. Conversation so what you're telling it. me is you feel excited about this in the same way you would feel if they suddenly announced Paramount suddenly said, "Guess what? We've got a new Star Trek series coming out." Yeah. See, I could get behind that. No, that's that's probably about right. But there's so much, but because it's cinema and because there are three of them, I mean, we're talking about how many minutes. Well, okay, but here's the other thing: we're not just talking about three movies. We're not. No, 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 no. I mean, look at this. Think of it just on this note alone. All right. Disney bought the Star Wars franchise. Yeah, they're throwing they're, out a lot of books. But the thing: they're not going to just make three movies and be done with it. What are they going to do? They're doing. They want to do a Star Wars movie every year. For how fucking long? Until they run out of stuff to do. They're going to make another trilogy of Ugh. like the Skywalker family, you know, continuing story. That but they're also does not going to make me more hopeful. Well, no, I actually am way more hopeful for that reason. Because they're going to do these other standalone movies that also take place in the Star Wars universe, but aren't necessarily tied to... I, any of these trilogies. Do you trust them to do that right? Well, this is... Seriously. Well, this is the thing. I mean, so they're talking about... What I'd like to see them do are uh, is hand these movies to really interesting filmmakers that are going to kind of do their own thing and, br- and bring some like crazy element to it. Like there was talk for a while before he uh, took over um, uh, 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 Man of Steel and, and became DC's guy Snyder. that Zack Snyder was going to do basically a Star Wars version of Seven Samurai. 
and that sounds fantastic. Like Ugh. a clan of Jedi, like fighting off a like a small planet, uh, protecting a small planet from yeah. like a bunch of like that. That could be fantastic. You know, that would be really interesting. Or it could be shit. Well, what they're what they're kind of talking about instead, and they haven't actually given a firm this is what's happening. They don't have directors lined up or stories or anything. But what they've been talking about is instead doing. A Boba Fett movie, and a young Han Solo movie, and a Yoda movie, and sort of doing movies based you, on characters we already know. Are you not at all concerned they're going to run it straight into the ground? I assume they're going to run it straight into the ground, but yeah, well, we might not get good. Some, right, but we might get some good Star Wars before that happens, though. Mm. I mean, Disney's such a large corporation, there's no way they don't run it into the ground eventually, but we could get, I mean six or eight years of good Star Wars movies in the process, you know? I would just like an Avengers Star Wars crossover. Written by Patton Oswalt? Yep, that'd be fantastic. That would be fucking awesome. I'd be okay with that. I'd be Now that they're all under the same umbrella, we could just make that. Which, by the way, is just weird. Disney Prince Loki, anyone? There you go. Oh my god. The reason I'm particularly interested and uh, sort of excited about Star Wars this week is so because they've been you're a huge Star Wars nerd. Well, that too. They've been talking <laughs> about some some actors, and the one that's really interesting is they're talking about the for the the lead, which I guess I guess at one point was would have been Luke Skywalker's son, although nobody knows if that's still true. Um, is John Boyega, uh, who played the lead character in uh, Attack the Block? I love him. Yeah, that would make me very excited. Uh, I didn't realize he was being rumored. Yeah, I mean, it's a, pretty much it's an open it's an open field. It's a clean slate. No, nobody knows where this is going to go, especially yeah. since they apparently hired a guy to write a script and then threw it all away and started over again. That's so, not a good sign. Yeah, this movie's supposed to start shooting soon, and they still don't have a lead actor. So That's frightening um, to me. That's not something I want to see happen yeah, to that franchise. But the actors are going after are great. Adam Driver's fantastic. John Boyega is was wonderful. Um, they're also talking about Jesse Plemons still, potentially, and he's he's fantastic as well. But you want a good actor, you want perhaps an Academy Award-winning actor? Lupita Nyong'o is now in talks to join as a villain, of all things. Um, which is, like, can we talk about the possibility that we could get a Star Wars movie with two black lead actors? That'd be awesome. I mean, that's that's incredible. That's fantastic. Oh my god, the racist backlash will be so bad. It will be absurd. That and Human Torch, all the crazies are going to come out. Yeah, it's going to be so such a sad day for humanity. Yeah, I mean, think I mean, about an awesome day once the movies come out and everyone's yeah. like, ha ha ha. But no, when the I casting mean, is announced, it's just going to be like, oh god. Think about when they cast uh, Stringer Bell to play a black Asgardian, or that time Donald Glover said he wanted oh, to play Spider Man. Oh, and everybody all lost their fucking mind. Like, so, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. But, I, I mean... But I, let's all turn to, you know, the good things. Like when, you know, Andrew Garfield totally was like, I think Michael B. Jordan should play Spider-Man. Yeah. You know? And, like, was all on board with that. And then was even like, I think we should do a movie together. I think we should play boyfriends in that movie. I love Michael B. Jordan. I want to make out with Michael B. Jordan. I was like, Andrew Garfield, you are my friend. All right, well, I think that probably just about wraps it up for us. Um, I was at South by Southwest last week, so I took a little time off after finishing my year of movie watching, in which I still have plenty of writing to do, for sure. Um, but this is my, you know, our new thing is we're, we're going to be doing this podcast on a weekly basis. Um, so this is our first our first episode on a weekly basis. I'm very excited about it. I, you know, episode nine. Episode episode nine. Provided do you it again. Get, provided you can get episode one. Yeah, well, that'll happen eventually. Uh, the lost episode. We'll the see the light of day. 
Uh, also, our shortest episode, 25 minutes. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> not going to ever happen. Adorable. Um, so, so we'll know, be doing this on a we know what we were doing. week-to-week basis from now on. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I really like this idea of kind of kind of like kind of like book club for movies. So we're going to do one movie every week. Is that like movie club? It was, well, yeah, I guess. But like I'm, book club I'm, for I'm movies. I'm just saying. Okay. Um, and my wife, Oprah. Yeah. Uh, so we will be uh, watching one movie every week. Um, and so I want to give you fine folks in the audience the chance to sort of play along a little bit. Um, so the idea is we're, we're going to try to announce the next week's movie in advance. So uh, you can try and uh, you know make a point to see it if you'd like to. And then if you have... You know, maybe if we have questions, I'd love to have people send us in like questions or, or things they'd like us like us to talk about. Um, so uh, it's nice nice to know that in advance. So uh, this week was Veronica Mars. Next week, it looks like we will be watching uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel, um, the Ooh. latest film from Wes Anderson, of which I think we are all pretty big fans. Um, of whom? Thank you, thank you, Grammar Police. Um, <laughs> Jamie, I love that you're. Here. Yeah, that's because I can't say that shit all the time. Yeah, that's all I right. I mean, I want to. But. Um, and we will be joined next week. Uh, hopefully, you know. Hopefully, uh, we will be joined next week by my resident uh, Wes Anderson aficionado, my dear friend Jared Waterworth. He's going to be joining us remotely via satellite from space. Assuming Daly can figure it out. Yeah, I think we could probably. I think we have the technology. (laughs) Um, Jared will be joining us from Connecticut uh, here on the podcast, and um, we'll be uh, we'll be chatting uh, chatting about all things pastel and uh, and four by three and delicate calligraphy upon heavy stock paper and. Um, and oh, Jamie, I should show you um, the short film that he made to sort of the companion piece to go along with this. Um, it came out today uh, online, and it is literally it is a like cooking how-to recipe to make the I fancy chocolate dessert that Ray Fine drinks. But I saw a link that was like make the dessert from Grand Budapest Hotel. It looks delicious, and Excellent. you're you gonna yeah, you're. I'll work, do a theme thing for the podcast. We're oh, gonna have to make I'll it. I'll be here for that. It's gonna be good. So uh, next week, Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, you know, sound off down uh, down below in the comments. Uh, what what were your thoughts on Veronica Mars? Did you are you a fan? Did you enjoy the movie? Did you were you not a fan? Did you not give a shit while you were watching the movie? Were you completely confused and felt like an outsider? Also, perfectly valid opinion. Are you um, team Logan or team Piz? Yeah, just... <laughs> or team Veronica chooses herself. I'm team Mathazar. I, I, I was going to say team Keith. I'm okay with that too. Um, and of course, don't forget to uh, subscribe on iTunes. We're on the iTunes now, so uh, subscribe on iTunes. Rate us, leave us uh, comments and reviews. Yeah, I don't think anybody's and, done that yet. I don't think they have either. But hey, I'm you surprised know, we have it. Yeah, well, you know, that Maybe seems a should. little self-serving, I suppose. Um, so subscribe on iTunes. Uh, you can follow me at Daily Screening on the Twitters, and of course uh, on the blog DailyScreening.com. Uh, folks. It's been fun. Always is. Always is. Uh, Try the veal. Thank you for listening. Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow.